We've got our intro. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know what new new uh, subscribers or hearers think when they first turn to portals and hear us fooling around like this. You know, well, we always come out with such strong subjects. I know you gotta lighten up a bit sometimes, right? But they, they're gonna hear their progression, right? Because if they start the first first portal, is much much different than this portals Ooh, that they're hearing the now. That. So it's gonna be very interesting. They're gonna true hear that. the evolution. <laughs> A portal. Oh, rebuke evolution in Jesus' <laughs> name. Oh, my. Let's find another Development. word. <laughs> Development. Please. Uh, I don't want to be associated with that. Right. I was going to say something. Anywho. Evolving, you know. Yes. Hello, I am Shania Annies. And, of course, I am here with Senior Leadership of Torque, New York, starting with... Pastor Tony Cassis. Oh, I got a first mention. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Pastor Nathan Cassis. Hello. And Dr. Robin Cassis. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. <laughs> Sorry, audience. I'm really surprised this thing. <laughs> so you got to shake it up a little bit. Got to shake it up, shake it Just up. Just going to bring my sound up a bit so yes. that I don't keep croaking Here we go. all night. You don't want to be a that cicada? <laughs> no, we don't <laughs> want to eat them. That was terrible. I couldn't even look at that video. Oh, I would gosh. not look at it when she thought she was had, had to eat a live one. Oh. And then she crunched on the dead ones okay. and they were oh. hanging oh, out right. of mouth. Oh, you were talking right. about the Cicada News Network? Yes. CNN? Yes. <laughs> yes. But she said, what's that, a wing or a leg hanging out of my mouth? Oh, well. I don't care what it is. I'm not uh, touching it. Not touching it. <laughs> Any. I, th I think they're desperate to get viewers. I think they run out of viewers. Yeah. They're going to show something. I wonder if they'll look at Fox now because they'll be so disgusted after seeing that. For those <laughs> that don't understand what we're go talking ahead. about, you have to go and watch Open Eyes yes, on please. Talk TV, episode 15. We were exposing the fact that they're trying to phase out meat and replace it with insects. Cicadas. And the CNN reporter actually ate a bug on live television. But she was thought she was going to eat a live one. Yeah. She picked it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What people will do for publicity. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of publicity, we publicly gave a sermon on Sunday where our doors have been open since, you know, COVID is over. We've had in-person services. Um, and starting with that, Pastor Tony gave a great message as per usual. Do you even remember? Because technically it's Tuesday. We're recording. We're shaking things up a bit. Being unpredictable. Yes. And it's Tuesday. So it's two days since you gave this sermon, Pastor Tony. I, I had to even remind myself about what the subject matter was. Familiarity. Oh, yeah. You talked about familiarity. I, uh, I can't forget it because... <laughs> <laughs> Pastor and I have, uh, we want to bring a different angle tonight, just as important, probably even more important. Yes. So uh, on Sunday evening, because the morning service message was different again, but we felt like the, e the evening service message on healing and how Jesus was unable to fully manifest his grace in an atmosphere where there was familiarity. Mm. 
And um, when I went before the Lord, he, he highlighted two people that he mentioned that stood out as examples in the Old Testament. Um, the woman, the, the widow that Elijah was sent to and Naaman the Syrian. And bo- in both those accounts, Jesus makes the point that there were many widows in Israel. Why didn't God send Elijah to an Israelite widow? Mm. The second one was, why there were many lepers in Israel in the days of Naaman the Syrian. Why didn't God send um, Elisha to an Israelite leper? And so the answer is that uh, there wasn't faith in Israel. There wasn't faith. Or uh, in the context, Jesus was saying because people had become sort of familiar with the prophets, they really couldn't do uh, as much as God would permit them to. But it also highlights the fact that we as believers get familiar, we think we're familiar with how God wants to do things, And this is where Naaman really is the example. Naaman had a preconceived idea of how he should be healed, right? And, and, And one thing I didn't bring out on Sunday was Naaman didn't just get his healing. He got saved. He got saved. Yeah, and the widow true. didn't just get her food supplied and her son raised from the dead. Yeah. She got saved. Yeah. Right? But Pastor wanted us to emphasize tonight, when we are locked into how we think God should work, it limits God to how he actually works. And that's what Pastor Nate and Dr. Robin are going to expound on tonight. Trying to find my keys. Yeah, because um, often when we, you know, we raise our hands to get prayer for healing, or maybe we we feel a need to, you know, seek some personal freedom of some kind of oppression. Immediately, we have this idea of how it's going to be done. Yeah. You start picturing in your mind, you know, how the scenario will be for God to heal you. But until you actually go to the Lord and ask him, how is the process going to pan out for me? Then you're really not moving in faith, you're moving in presumption. And this is what Naaman did. He presumed, he said to himself, you know, surely the prophet would come out to the door and lay his hand over the spot. Yeah, that's right. He had a methodology already figured out in his head of how he would he would be healed. And just to mention on that, he to think that he had to go and do something, you know, which seemed foolish. Very foolish. It wasn't very spiritual, actually. Not at all. Not you at know, all. In the old days, you'd say, "Go, go, say ten Hail Marys and four Our Fathers, and you're done." Right? Yeah. Uh, I think we'd rather go wash <laughs> in the water. Than that one, you know, what I'm saying like a a religious ritual was what Naaman was falling into, a religious yeah. ritual, and because that's what he was familiar with. Yeah, or the familiarity, his worship was definitely familiar. His worship of Rimon was just works, rituals. works, works. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what we want to bring out, mm. even with such a, a promise from God. And this is where we're going to open this. 
such a promise from God that by stripes I'm healed. Mm. Now, if we take that apart, what are we saying? Okay, this is a goal. Mm. This is where we want to go. Yeah, you have to ask the question, is by his stripes a goal for you or is it a state? Yeah. Ooh. What we mean by that is... Um, like, for instance, state of being. If you're in the middle of something, it'll be more than a goal for you. Yeah. It'll be life. Do yeah. you understand what I'm saying? This is what we want to talk about tonight because there are keys to all this. Um, and uh, we can say, well, it says in the Bible, the by stripes I'm healed. If I quote that, the magic words... It'll happen. Some people see it as magic. You, do you understand? Magic words. Okay, others would see it as a right. Yeah, this is good. As a Christian. My Christian right to be healed. Yeah. Or my Christian right to heal. My Christian right to heal. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you ask yourself a question about this, Shania, and uh, also the people that are out there, you know, you could have that attitude. That's not faith. That's presumption. That's not faith. And I feel like, you know, um, there are different ways that God wants to heal. Like Shania with me, when I was crippled, God healed me miraculously almost right away. Once um, I was on the, you know, the right um, pathway. Yeah. Uh, not without me cooperating with him. But there are others that don't get healed straight away. Mm. You know, they have to do it step by step, okay? So you can never, ever predict how God is doing these things. So if you say you have a right as a Christian, then somehow, Pastor, you're predicting, trying to predict something. And uh, the Holy Spirit will not be predicted in any way. So we want to talk about rights. We want to talk about uh, goals. We want to talk about another word called compassion. These are all tied up with your healing and state of being. So I'm handing it over to you, Pastor. Let's go there. Wow. 11 minutes in and we're ready to go there. Wow. Yeah, we need to. Well, I think um, when I was listening to Pastor Tony's um, message, the Lord started downloading a couple of things to me because I've been learning a lot about healing and how it takes place, uh, specifically physical and inner healing. Mm. Um, uh, more inner healing because that's to do with counselling, but it applies to physical healing too. But um, I've, I said to Pastor Robin last week because when we were faced with what we were faced with with my sister, the Lord had me journal and I journaled and he began to download to me some keys. Um, but he was very quick to say these need to be states, not goals. Like states that you, that you will live in. 
And he said something to me, which I thought was really, really powerful. He said, I will use you to, to minister healing to your sister, but I will use her to minister healing to you. And um, that began on Sunday night. Already yeah. the Lord started locating in us areas of our attitude where we have probably expected or judged or held a standard that God wasn't holding. And because of that, we have cannot... We've not made her sick. For those that don't know, she's suffering from a quite a big, um, you know, trial to do with her kidneys and um, the threat of her right kidney shutting down. So it's very, very critical. Um, and the doctors are trying to put her on a regenerative kind of program for her kidneys. But um, I know that the kidneys are the seat of the emotions. Every time you see the word heart in the Bible, in the Old Testament, it's actually the Hebrew word for the kidneys, yeah. which means like the innermost being. Um, it's the seat of yeah, your the seat emotions. of your emotions. So there's a big spiritual tie there. You know, when you talk about living from your heart, it's also living from what you feel because we've got to remember, you know, righteousness, um, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost, that's the kingdom of God. So nearly a third of the kingdom is felt, not just thought, mm. but felt. And that's really important because, again, going back to what we've taught in previous portals, uh, we've been so quick to diminish feelings and put them down because we've thought we've been taught through religious principles, God can't be in my feelings. Now, I'm not saying you need to let your feelings rule you. No, God rules your feelings and then your feelings can be used by God to help you. That's how it should be, not rule you. But um, when I look at that, then I was like, okay, Lord, so there are some things that, you know, I've done to contribute mindsets and then he brought me back to my first lesson um, because he said he started to say to me, why do I heal people? And, um, well, okay, yeah, you know, you heal them because you're a healer. You heal them because, you know, you could say all these Christianese answers, but the word is compassion. He literally, it says Matthew 14, 14, Jesus moved by compassion, healed. And this is one of the biggest obstacles that we're going to talk about healing you will never be able to use, God can't use you <laughs> to heal someone if you uh, have no compassion. And I'll come in. You can't. I like can't said, come in. No, no, I'm saying, I'm saying you can't be used. I'm, like your Christian right, like what we do on Sundays where yeah. sometimes we go up and we lay our hands. What is the laying on of hands actually showing you? So let me come in. Oh, oh, oh. Think about that. Think about it. When you lay hands on someone and you go through the formality of doing it, it costs you nothing, absolutely nothing. Mm. Because it, if you don't have the compassion and you're just laying hands because the Bible says so, mm. you're m lacking compassion. Mm. Very important. Because it must cost you something. Mm. It cost Jesus something. It cost him everything. Wow. And so when you lay hands, you should have the compassion, not going through a rite or a, any form of ritual. Mm. Terrible word to bring up with healing. But I think sometimes 
we do go through rituals rather than realities. Mm-hmm. So you can hit that one. Think about that one, guys. Think about that. Okay. And so I want to lay hands on someone and yet I don't believe it mm. for me, but um, I'm going to do it for someone else. Well, wouldn't you be better to get it right yourself? Oh, my goodness. Do you think you're going to get more faith if someone else manifests with the healing? You're still in the same state as you ooh, were when ooh, you started. You know what? we got to take a break already. That, mean, that means that healing is a goal for you and it's goal. not a state. And it's that means well. that by his stripes is an achievement yeah. and not a lifestyle. When, yeah, definitely. Because for by his stripes to be a lifestyle, that means a state means – I actually have it written down here. I had to write a paper on it. A state means that your emotions, what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you think – what you emote all lines up and with the it. state of your confession. And when you're laying hands on someone, you're hoping that this will boost your faith. Mm. By somebody else getting healed, you're hoping it'll boost your faith. We have to be honest here. Yeah. yeah. We have to be very blatantly honest here. If you don't have the compassion, please don't lay the hands on them. This is not a ritual. This is what the Bible says. You be you very very careful who you lay hands on. This is what Pastor Tony taught us in Foundations. You can hit that because um, something is released. But the very act of laying hands. This is why God gets us to lay hands because you know. Yes, we know there's healing power in the you know receptors in our hands, yes. and they can be drawn to like when you get a bruise or when you get hurt. First thing you do is touch it. Well, you mm-hmm. touch it yourself yeah. to bring but, healing to mm-hmm. it. But from the from an from an emotional body language kind of perspective, if I go like this to you, mm-hmm. it's showing you that I have. It's like a it's like a reaching out. Yeah. It's an emotive form of me reaching out. Yeah. To say I feel your pain. Yeah. And it's also the laying hands through authority to take like, you know, but I think what we've done as Christians is we focus too much on the authority. Yeah. And this is I'm learning something Less about compassion. Yeah, I'm learning about this with healing. If you have judgment in your head about the person you're laying hands on, God will not answer your prayer for healing. You know what? He will not. Sit down. <laughs> he will take not. a break, huh? he You're not going anywhere. You're not moving no cars. He will not. <laughs> That's true. Right. For you it's just a ritual. It's true. For you, it's magic. Everyone Jesus touched, he had compassion on. With compassion, he healed them. Matthew 14. 14. So, so getting into the science of it, I'll give this wow. before we go on the break. Compassion is the carrier wave that translates from a spiritual dimension to a physical dimension, the healing power of God. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us have prayed for healing. We've prayed for others. We've even prayed for ourselves. And we don't understand why sometimes our prayers don't get answered because you have no compassion. And what is compassion? Compassion is a heightened emotion of love. It's love that moves you to action. Yes. Mm. And it's literally with calm passion. Yeah. With passion, I love. Yeah. Not with obligation. Not with rights. Not with rights. Not, not with because I'm a Christian, I do it, and because the word says so. And not with familiarity. Yeah. So this is a state that God wants us to continually 
live in, abide in, compassion, because he has compassion on us. And that's the only reason why he heals us. Yeah. Because he loves us. I think that's the key well. here. See, the only reason he heals us is because he loves us. We haven't got that. We think that he has an obligation. Mm. This obligation that God has, that we have the rights, this has nothing to do with healing. Nothing mm. to do with healing. And so, therefore, we have to go back and have a look. And so when you come back, I want to tell you what the Lord did with me to do with my daughter. Okay. We'll look forward to hearing that after the break. We'll be right back. Hello, everyone listening and watching through our online platforms. This is Tony Cassis here with an invitation to an exciting yet challenging seminar that I'll be conducting this summer. We all have our ideals and political values, how we grew up, what we have experienced, and the environment we are in all shapes our view of the world, but especially our political view. But what is God's view about politics? Does he choose sides? Is he to the left or to the right of politics? Are we being conformed to the world through mainstream media or are we being transformed by the Spirit of God? In this seminar, we are going to discuss the relationship between politics and Christianity. We will talk about what a believer's stand should be when considering the person or party they feel to vote for when elections come. You'll be encouraged to research your candidate or party's track record on moral, social and other platforms uh, that will impact legislation. They have the power to pass these laws and therefore restrict your religious or moral or even political freedom. Please join me for this seminar and allow me to lay the groundwork for making decisions based on conviction of the spirit and not popular opinion. So join me on Saturday, June 26th at 5.30pm Registration will begin at 4.30pm. Also, if you are unable to attend in person, you can view the session online live via talktv.org or even watch it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on Talk TV. I look forward to equipping you and seeing you there. Thanks for listening. God bless. Just, just to introduce you, Pastor, you, you mentioned to both Nathan and myself that the church needs to grasp supernatural healing again. Yeah, Remember? very and much you so. you asked us to teach on it. Yes. And so we want to learn how to walk in supernatural healing, whether it's physical or emotional or spiritual. Well, it's all supernatural if mm -hmm. it's to do with the Lord. Absolutely. But, but it's missing out of the church, right? Yeah, yeah. So just my own quick personal um, testimony about it. And that was, uh, you know, and I think you had a similar thing happen to you 
a realization. And so, um, you know, when it happened, Shania, I had um, a little bit of shock because, uh, you know, I know I know what healing's about, but she's my daughter. You see, she's not a stranger. She's my our daughter, my daughter, his sister, our daughter. So it really hit us, really hit us hard. And uh, we're so far away from her, and we can't reach only through this medium all the time. You know, medium. And so. Um, I spent an emotional time of sobbing. And it wasn't crying, it was sobbing. To the point where I didn't think I would able to be see out of my eyes because they were so heavy with tears, you know, sobbing and sobbing. So it wasn't just crying. And I, I said to the Lord after about the third day, this is not a lack of faith. I know you. I know you. What is this? Do I need to go and ask for more faith? Do I need to seek you to find more faith? And he came out and said something to me. And I don't mind saying it online. Okay? He said, my daughter, Robin, you are realizing how much you love your daughter. Don't want to cry, please, Lord. No more tears. And suddenly it made sense. It made sense, you know, for reasons we don't even have to go into. I've never been able to show that through all sorts of reasons to do with uh, even the ability to give and receive love on both sides because of life and the way it's gone about. But it really, really hit me. And I went to you and I said, and Nate, and he's crying now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and so I went to him and I said, I said, um, this, is, this is what the Lord showed me. Now I understand the sobbing because through this, Nate, he's healing my heart through her as well as we're healing her, you know, by loving her and walking with her and being with her. And he, Nate said to me, I know you can say your own, you said to me, I know what you're saying, Mum. I've realised it. And I think you felt the same, you know. And so that became a real testimony to me because when he told me that and I realised it, I actually said it to her. The next, Because I spend time with her every day. It costs me time because it's four o'clock in the morning here. And it's six o'clock over there. But I wouldn't miss it for anything. And so I turned around and um, I told her. Do you know, I said, you know, uh, I've been shedding and sobbing a lot. Oh, mum, I don't want you to sob. I said, you must let me. 
I'm being healed. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, he's allowing me to see how much I love my daughter. And she broke. And that was the first time she really broke and started, uh, we were able to touch subjects, certain subjects that have been, you know, causing a breaking, but not for the sake of something to do, but for, for true realisation, reality. She's not only in the state of being, God's showing her things that's bringing her more into a state of receiving rather than being rejected. And it's really an amazing thing that God has done and is doing. And uh, I feel sometimes we're getting healed as much as she is. And by the way, it has um, brought a couple of family uh, people that have been very negative, have actually come in on the scene. And uh, uh, I, I possibly want to thank Brooke because Brooke made a statement to me, if my sister needs a kidney, I'll give it to her. Now, they're not in the best of places because they don't live together. They just I think they're two lions or something. They just can't live together. We're all lions. Yeah, I think family. we're all lions. There's I don't no, know how we live there's together. There's no cubs and there's no lionesses. What are you? Are you a lion? I'm a pussycat. Okay. Oh, You're a pussycat. That's good. We need some lions and pussycats. And so when, uh, when, sh when he said that, that broke me. He said, she needs a kidney. She's got mine. I went, oh, my God. And, and so I have seen things happen. I have. And I just want to say that um, I don't want to go through this again, but as I'm going through this, I'm seeing more and more of the reality because I was totally healed, totally healed. And all the Lord did to me, Shania, was tell me to get out of bed and walk that I'd been healed. I didn't have to go through any of these portions of different states of being or, or any of it. You know, as a matter of fact, I was saying, God, just to realise now that I've left your presence is enough for me. I'll sit in a wheelchair. But he said, I'm going to hit you. And, you know, my story, I mean, I, I told him, I, I don't know if I can believe for that because that's the bl blind seeing, the lame walking, the deaf hearing, and that's when he allowed me to see something that says this is going to be a miracle today for I'm going to heal you. It was a piece of poetry by Helen Steiner Rice. She wrote this book of poetry. It's, she's a lovely Christian. Oh, you don't like this devil. Is that Zeke pressing the button? Hold okay, on. let somebody check that. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello. No, hello, hello. Ah, Jesus is Lord. It was Zeke. It was Zeke. He turned it off. Oh, the little monkey. 
<laughs> Can somebody make sure that his mother takes him? He can't do that again. Hey everyone, Pastor Tim Burns here, and I'm very excited to invite you to uh, my seminar that is happening on July 10th. It is a church history seminar, and it is called What You Need to Know, and You Don't Need to Know the Rest. As we know, the Bible's narrative ended about 2,000 years ago with the Apostle Paul sitting in his apartment under house arrest, teaching Roman Jews about Jesus Christ. That's what we read in Acts chapter 28. But a lot has happened since then. If the Bible is in itself the full revelation of God in history, what, if anything, do we really need to know about the history of the Christian church? Well, I will attempt to condense these 2,000 years into a four or so hour summer seminar using the virtues of courage, wisdom, and hope as a lens through which we will see the key events of church and Christian history. So uh, some of the topics that are going to be covered are going to include who were the early Christian martyrs and what events, ideas, and teachers helped to shape the doctrine of the church, which we even have today. And another question we're going to take a look at is what was the gospel's secret work during the so-called dark ages and what were those times always dark another question we're going to take a look at is what was the protestant reformation all about and finally we're going to take a look at something that has been discussed in other soap courses but we'll unpack it from the lens of the bigger picture of church history and that is what are the restoration movements all about so join me Saturday, July 10th at 5.30 p.m. Registration will begin at 4.30 p.m. Also, if you are unable to attend in person, you can view the session online live via torquetv.org or even watch it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on Torque TV. I look forward to equipping you and seeing you there. God bless. Go for it. And so um, it didn't happen. You know, I didn't have a lot to do with it. I, I think the only thing that I had to do with my healing was the grain of a mustard seed of faith. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing God asked of me. And uh, I demonstrated that. I don't need to go into it, but I demonstrated that. And so I, I was healed. You see, and that was the compassion of the Holy Spirit on me to bring the healing of Jesus into my life. And so it was a big healing. Now that is a big thing to live up to. Mm. And so how does my daughter live up to that? Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to. She does not have to. We released her from having to live up to that. Amen. And so, you know, um, I think I'm getting healed as much as she is. Uh, when the Lord gave a beautiful journal through Nathan 
that uh, gave us steps on how to bring about different healing process of her body and also her little mind and, and you know, her soul. And that's what we've been working with and we have seen touches everywhere. Mm. I, think it's imp- I think it's important to understand um, for me, I'll give you my, what the Lord's doing in me and I'll tie it in to help others. The pictures that I have of the past were still in my head. Mm. Yeah. Mm. When I thought of Jesus, certain things, and I mean, I've said I forgive you. I've said I, lo- you know, like, uh, you know, I don't remember the past, and but I, I, the thing, what I haven't done is I haven't let God exchange the picture for who, or for the state that she is in now with Him. So He said to me in the journal, and I don't mind saying this on thing because I've said it to. Pastor Christie, myself. Uh, when we first came to New York, it was a it was a bit of a rough road because we were we were finding ourselves in the industry and we were trying to, you know, locate our destinies. And so there was a lot of things coming up in my sister and myself, and a lot of areas where God was locating our hearts and what we wanted and who we were. And you're still finding yourself in you know you're finding your identity and. You're in a new city and you're planting a new church and you don't have familiar people around you. So, you know, that kind of setting, a lot of stuff bubbles up to the surface, you know. And there were things that I'm not proud of, how I handled situations where um, I let my judgment get ahead of me and I probably, looking back now, wished I would have been so much more compassionate because understanding how my words can affect someone's own state, you know. And so the Lord started to say to me, look, you know, what's the first step for you being an instrument of healing to your sister? Um, And he said, step one is get a new picture of her. Amen. Give up the picture you've been holding on to because I'm not going to use you to heal the person that you think she was. I'm going to use you to touch the person that she is. How I see her. Yeah. And he said, because how you see her and how I see her are very different, you know. And um, that really stuck in me because here's a principle that I'm learning. True inner healing can only take place when you've let God replace the pictures yep. that you attached to the pain and the emotion with the pictures from now of yep. what he's doing in you or in that situation. Yeah. So true. if you've still got a picture of yesterday – you're living, uh, we talk about a double-minded life because you're saying you want to move forward with healing. You're saying you want God to move forward to touch that person, but you want to hold on to a reality of who they were yesterday. And it's true. that doesn't work at the cross because the cross cancels out who they were yesterday. So if it's good enough for you, it's good enough for them. So I had to go deeper and say, okay, Lord, well, then why I don't want to cry. Why do I hold those pictures? And the Lord just started to locate me. I, I was I was still upset that my sister left and went home and that we were meant to do this together. And I had been holding on to a picture that, you know, well, you brought this upon yourself. And the Lord had to really dig deep down in me and say, how can I use you without for compassion with her when you're thinking that. 
And I, rem- I went back to a word that Bill Hemmen had said and he said, one will be with, by the side, serving with, and then one will be, dis- not, the Lord gave me a different word. He said, not, not, um, not disconnected, just a location change. And I, I think I started to take on that picture only just this week. Okay, Christy is one with us, just a location change. Yeah, that's and, all and, it and, is. And she didn't, she didn't choose this. Because I'm all about choice, you know, you choosing. Like I said on Sunday night prophetically, David said, I've set the Lord before me. I've chosen to set him before me. And we do, we have to choose to set the Lord. But sometimes like how we think people's choices look are not what they look like to God. Oh, my and goodness. And why they choose is not why they choose to us. And I had to go back to why did Christy choose to go back to Australia? Because she was in pain. Yeah. She was uh, in pain. She, couldn't, she, she asked us to release her. She asked us to release her. And I know now that that was the will of God because he wanted the best for her. Yes. Not but the she best was in pain, for us, yeah, but the best because for her. She was just fighting here, you know, and she was trying to fight for a place to fit in and, you know, and – when you're in the moment of, you know, on the hype of the moment, you don't see the pain that someone's in. And, you know, so now I, I ask the Lord, okay, so you've located that in me. Now I can have real compassion for her situation and, and I can, even though she didn't do it, but I had to forgive her for the picture of her choosing to do it without us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And, um, wow. The Lord had to get down deep to that because the picture that I was holding on to was too familiar. Mm. See? Good word. Too familiar. Familiarity. And um, it was like the subtone of how I had probably communicated with her for the last couple of years. Like, you know, and there was yeah. always this, you know, and then I saw that the Lord showed me, yeah, I took her back. I took her back. And then he said to me something from my course. He said, the clear intention that you give when you um, apply to understand why I did it, if you, can, if you apply clear intention to something and you understand it, you get better results. And so the Lord started to say to me, Nathan, the reason why I'm getting you to understand this is because I want you to have better results, you know? And that's why you don't lean on your own understanding because you're. this is the key. This is the performance that's got to go. We think, okay, yeah, I don't lean on my own understanding because it's the wrong thing to do. No, your un- own understanding gives worse results. Yeah, brings bad results. It doesn't give greater fruit. And the love behind that statement, God's saying, I want you to go by my understanding because my understanding can give you greater results. Yeah. Why go for, you know, this when you can get that? It's like your understanding will give results, but his understanding will give great results. So you always talk about the better way. The better way. I wanted to add something into that that will help anyone that's listening right now. Coming from a part that I said, uh, you know, anything in the past I have forgiven. I don't even think of those things. You're my daughter. I don't even think of those things. And then my sweet daughter said to me, how could you do that, Mum? How do you do that? I want to know how to do that. Because I think it came to she wanted to confess or whatever with me that I 
she'd let me down or whatever. And you know what? I, I think the key to everybody is I can't afford to live in the past because that means I have to realise I've lost so much time. I can't afford it. And neither can any of you afford to live in the past because then you will get a realisation of the time you're wasting. And that's really important to me. And with that, she said, that makes sense. Forgiving the past is not a big deal, okay? Because I don't want to live there. So it's easy to do that. It is seriously because I'm not wasting time. Time is of the essence and importance to all of us and I'm not living there wasting time. So to me, I want God to teach me more and more about what healing brings through compassion. If I live in the past and, pr and then pray for someone, that person, I, I can't release compassion to them. All I can see is a picture of yesterday. I mean, we've all done it. You, you know, that person at church. Please you, don't You pray do over it. them and in the back of your mind you're thinking, well, I know what you did last Sunday. So this is the reason why you're actually facing yeah, this. Yeah, it's judgment. So, you know, and you have to, the Lord, the Lord won't use you to be a tool because Jesus never thought that. You know, we always talk about the woman at the well risking everything, but Jesus risked everything to, to go and minister to her because he was seen with an unclean yeah, woman. Yeah, he had a reputation. And people knew who the woman was. They knew what her lifestyle was. Yeah. But he risked, Pastor talked about compassion, love has to cost you. He risked his own reputation to go to her knowing that she was there at the time of day when she was trying not to be seen. And so, you know, I he think... He paid the price. Yeah, I think something that you said to Pastor Tony on Sunday night is like, where are you healing means you have to pay the price. It's not just a touch and go, you know... Like, let me put my hand on you and it's done. And that's what we see a lot in this tele-evangelist, Pentecostal kind of model. Like, you know, but real healing takes place. But what's the key I'm learning? I'm doing a course on um, actual physical healing called um, Healing Anointing. And what's the key that unlocks the change in the body? Is it the words that you say? Or is it the love that you give? That you give? Because if it's the words that you say, then it's just <sighs> a spell. Mm. And that's why on the other end of the spectrum in witchcraft, the body works to unlock with spells. There are people that go to witches to curse their neighbours with, you know, diseases. Mm -hmm. And some that go with love potions. Yeah, but if it's the love that you give, not the words that you say... There are genes in that other person. This is what we need to see. That can turn on. Love turns on genes in our DNA. And if something's gone wrong, we have the ability. Uh, Dr. Mark Verkler has a, an amazing statement who I'm studying under. He says, love and compassion being that carrier wave. Compassion is the carrier wave of the love of God from, as we would say, from the fifth dimension to the third dimension, from the heavenlies to the earth. And it can turn on when released. 
things in our body that are laying dormant waiting to be turned on to heal us because our body was created to heal itself. See, and you made this statement to me, if it was just about healing the body, like even a transplant, but if you get a transplant and still got the problem in the same way, it'll come back. And this comes back to what the Lord showed me in my journal. He said, yeah, if she, but if I don't kill the root, the yeah. transplant will the take place will and then the root again. will produce more fruit. So we said, I have to kill the pictures that Christy sees of herself. Now yeah. I've killed them about that you see of her, but now I want to kill what she sees of herself because what she sees of herself and what I see of her are two different things. And, and, um, and it's amazing that the Lord has shown us how beautiful our daughter, my daughter is, how beautiful his sister is, how beautiful your daughter is. We're all seeing it. Um, Natalie and realizing that her relationship with God is a lot stronger than we've amazing, given her credit for. Amazing, you know, just because it doesn't manifest, you know, like it looks like familiar with us. I mean, she leans on God every second, and the Lord every said that to second, me because she's in a state of being. She's in a state of being. She's of hanging on to God for every breath, you know. And she's so close to the Lord because of holding on for that, that reality that she's in. She's not a got a goal. She's in it. She hasn't got time to get a goal for tomorrow. She needs reality today. And Pastor gave her a beautiful word today that said something that, what was that word? It's a don't don't believe for a one big no miracle. like with me yeah like your mum because you you and your mum are different yeah you said just believe for the next step the next step because the Lord will give you the faith for the next step and then um, that meant that to Neil we finally understood what to Neil's word she got a word when she was praying for Chris. and I didn't understand it because I've had words from everyone mm -hmm. but this one really. I didn't understand. It was a word that said, uh, I'm not the same God that healed your mum. And that was, what, what does that really mean? Yeah. And it, we talked God about it. God will manifest himself to Christians differently. differently. Mm. So this brings it's us the same that person, but he's manifesting himself and differently. And you were right when you said yeah. step by step. Mine was not step by step. Mine was within an hour or so of each other. Yeah. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so we, I released, you don't have to be me. Mm. You don't have to think like I do. You're in the state at that moment, mm. whatever way God wants to bring reality to you, we're going to work with you. Yeah. Uh, but there's no goal here. Mm. We're not telling her to go for a goal and I'm not telling anyone else to go for a goal. Goals tomorrow. Yeah. Don't yeah. go for a goal. Don't uh, buy stripes, I'm healed. Oh, well, buy stripes, I'm going to be healed. Or buy stripes, I could be healed. But this is what I, I learned and this is what is so powerful. The word, like, you know, confession, mm. right? And um, uh, Derek Prince says... Um, True confession is when you only say what God says about you and nothing else. Yeah. 
And that's a really powerful statement, but I take it a step further because um, a double-minded heart gets nothing from God. So nothing. if you go 97% of the day saying, by buy stripes, I'm healed, buy stripes, I'm healed, buy stripes, I'm healed, but the 3% left at the night, you let the picture that doesn't line up with your confession get into your mind, that cancels out all your confession. Wow. The picture cancels out all the confession. It says here, I can declare a thousand times that I am the righteousness of God, but if the picture I'm holding on to says I'm a miserable sinner, and, then the picture dirty. wins over the thousandfold confession every time. And and if you, like you said, and this is what abiding was yep. saying, if you're not letting yourself be involved in, in seeing a different picture, um, I, I practiced this. I had something hit me and I said, no, this is not the picture. Yep. This is not the picture. So then I started to see into that picture yeah. and I let God show me more and more into that picture till my picture started to change. And this is what changes it from a goal to a state. Because um, something that's really important to remember is God's pictures are not static when he shows us them. What I mean by that They're is it's, it's not snapshots. When you look into the picture, you should be seeing the response of God. Yeah. If you're it's not moving, seeing the response of one. God, you're not looking into the picture. Okay, you might get a snapshot because I want to help people because we keep on talking about pictures. I want to give you the process. You've got to see God's response being ministered to you. Amen. Like when the Lord says to you, I want you to see me or I want, to, I want you to see you, Shania, from my perspective. Now, statically, you can just be like, okay, the silhouette of Shania. But what is God saying? He's saying, I want you to see what I'm zooming in on. I want you to see what I'm zooming out on. I want you to see what I'm shadowing. What he's I want you to see. I want you to see the lens that I'm looking at. Like, you know, every facet. Do I zoom in on this part? Do I zoom in on that part? Do I, you know, like take time to focus on this part? But we think our perspective, okay, and I'm just using creative terms to give you the visual. We always think it's just the silhouette of what he sees. But yeah. there's so much more. No, he sees the whole picture. So much more. And so and he'd that's like the us state. To see that. The state goes into the movement of the picture because it keeps us in constant reality of abiding. Whereas the goal would just yeah. be, oh, just the silhouette, just the outline. But the state is, ah, okay, Lord, you're focusing in on this part of my life. Ah, Lord, you want to zoom out on Lord, you're not even looking at this part. And I thought you were. Mm. You know, you're not even looking at that part. And here I am praying all these prayers about this, and you're not even concentrating on it. Oh my gosh. It, it moves a bit like, uh, Shania, like what we do in uh, abiding we when we're doing certain things. And even in another course called Spiritual Gifts, we do a lot of vision. And uh, it's great to have a vision, but the vision needs more than just a picture it needs to be a moving picture okay and so i see it as an open vision where you have to walk into it and see where god is pointing you to show you something about it. why would god give you a vision if he's not going to give you a message and an answer <laughs> Do you get that? 
Yeah. He yeah. does nothing just for the sake of doing it. He does it because there's communication in it. Somewhere there's a form of two-way communication that he wants to connect with. And this, I'll finish by saying this to end this segment. This is where the, the, the law in the spirit, it's called the law of opposing realities, right? If you, it says here, I will not receive my miracle because when I live in the law of opposing realities, I'm still sig signaling my mind, yep. heart and spirit in two opposite realities. Oh, yep. two so, ways. Lord, I'm healed. Lord, I'm healed. Like, Lord, I'm free. Lord, I'm free. But all I see is myself as rejected. So that's like split. Yeah. That's a split personality. Well, not personality. A split decision. A split mm -hmm. It's called picture. dual heart. You have it's a, dual, a heart. dual heart. I'm sure all my students realize that this is what we talked about with a dual heart. You won't get the picture if you've got a dual heart. Wow. Make up your mind. Make a choice. I was going to say, how do you go from the dual heart to being single-hearted? We'll talk about that when we come back. So is everybody enjoying this? Hello everybody, this is Pastor Nate and I am excited to announce an upcoming seminar from the School of Apostles and Prophets, our SOAP Summer Seminar Series. We're excited to launch the inner healing and counselling stream of the School of Apostles and Prophets with a critical training seminar titled Real Relationships. In this seminar, Dr. Robin Cassis and myself will walk us through what it takes to have healthy and flourishing godly relationships in our lives. We'll walk through how to create trust within relationships living out of vulnerability, and also how to foster healthy practices in our emotions and feelings when it comes to relating to people. The seminar will discuss topics such as how to actively listen, getting past what you think of people, not letting rejection define your communication style, finding out what your communication style is, the five love languages, the five languages of forgiveness, and much more. We encourage you to join us for this life-changing seminar that will equip you to love your neighbor just as you love yourself and craft everlasting relationships that are Christ-centered and built on the greatest foundation of all, the love of God. Join us July 24th, it's a Saturday at 4.30 p.m. all the way through to 10 p.m. and it'll be two sessions. They'll be available online to watch later on or live stream on the night. God bless. There we go. <laughs> Breathe it out. <sighs> Breathe it out. Receive your healing. Yeah, I mean, this portal is so full of compassion. And I say that, you know, not to be funny, honestly. Um, I am definitely uh, just noticing a lot of those areas that we are talking about. But also just seeing the compassion of the Lord to do such a bigger picture in this yeah. situation. and. I'm just realizing like how much he's limited in our own head, you know, and um, we don't give him those opportunities, you know, we don't give him a chance or anything. And um, I think that's the reality that I'm grabbing hold to. It's just how much more 
can I we have like we talked about in the last portal. I mean not last portal, but some portals ago. They're all blending together. Um just the quality of life. Um and that reality is becoming real. Every week when we talk about just his character and just his love, his compassion especially, um, it's just becoming more and more of a reality. So I hope listeners as well, um I can't lay hands on you in Cyberland. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you can at least feel the compassion of this leadership. Cyber healing. <laughs> Please don't. That's people that do it. Mm-hmm. I know. We ain't, we're not doing that. Come we, in person. We can. didn't hear much from Pastor Tony. How about you join us? Don't come in. That's right, Pastor Tony. Don't leave me hanging and feeling this compassion of the Lord. <laughs> and tell us. I'm I'm like a sponge. I'm just listening and... But you're the father, so. Oh, yeah, like, I think what Nate said about shame and vulnerability hits home hard with me because I was very uncomfortable with you guys sharing the details. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, And it's true. um, We wouldn't if people didn't know her. Yeah, I feel like. And they love her. People would probably judge us or. So that's probably why I'm. I've got walls up that I know God wants me to let let down. So here I am. I'm being vulnerable now. I don't like uh, making my private life public because of that. And um, but I've seen my daughter. Well, uh, Jesus made his private life very public. He didn't say it was right. I'm just, I'm just telling you where I'm at. Yeah, this is um, vulnerability. Go ahead. I, Pat, look, so I just want to say about my daughter. Uh, I think. I haven't given her the credit that she deserves, not just as a leader, but just as a as a daughter, as a person. I've, I've seen her involved in a one-way relationship, not with our family per se, but and then even though being on the receiving end, like the one that's constantly giving, and when that sort of split, she goes back to the Lord. She tells me, Dad, did I do all that I could to make it work like and it just blew my mind that she was scrutinizing herself even though she was the one on the receiving end you know what I'm saying did I did I contribute to the breakdown and you know to me that shows maturity that that shows spirituality that shows compassion even because um, at the time, she felt like there was no benefit at all for her in that relationship, and yet she loved them with the love of Christ. Yeah, and that was an example to me. I, I got to commend her for that. That was just so mature and so Christ-like, because um, I thought she would have sort of just defaulted to making her own judgments and justifying, and because she would have been justified. But no, she went. She looked in and she goes, "Right, God." Did I play a part in this? And that that was just taught me something deep. So she's she's further than I've given her credit for, and I uh, want to start giving her credit for. And you're re- you're celebrating that, aren't absolutely. you? Absolutely, celebrating that. Not feeling guilty for this now, because he's celebrating it. He's celebrating that. She's so far. Yeah, the person. A great character. 
the person that was here in New York a few years back. Who's that? Different. It's not, that's not the same person anymore. I, I want to read just same one shell. snippet. <laughs> same shell, but the inside's been transformed. Uh, same shell. Yeah. I want to read just one different. snippet that the Lord said in this journal, and I believe it could apply to every single one of us. He said to me when I asked, um, just this statement alone, I think you could just shut down the whole portal with this statement alone. Right, he says, <laughs> I love Christy so much, and it's time that her body and her mind start to realize the depth of my love for her. Yeah. He said, Nathan, guess what? I'm not trying to change her. I'm only focused on loving her. And I think that And I think that problem. can just convict every single one of us because yeah. all we do is think that God wants to sh- to change us. Yeah, all the time. And um he didn't I mean, yes, we change into his image by beholding him, how when we behold him because of our love for him. But doesn't the change come as a result exactly. of love? We've made change the the, the you know, the premise of his love for us. No. You love me because you want to change me. And we think the opposite. And get some you wet see, eyes change in comes as a result of you knowing his love. Yeah. Right? We think we have to know his love first and then we'll change. But he will change us as we allow his love. To fill us. Yeah, and I always go back to, I mean, you always talk about the thief on the cross. Like, the Lord didn't say, right, yeah, get down off the cross, go back to the temple and repent, come back up, and then you can be with me in paradise. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm not saying this is an advocation for not changing. God wants us to change. But here's the reason why he wants us to change, because of his love for us. Yes. Not because of a goal of fulfilling something for him. Or believing him. Yeah. And we've made fulfilling something for him the goal of change. Yes, definitely. Definitely. We haven't made, because of my love for you, I want to change so that I can love you even more. You know, when you're in a relationship with someone, especially like, you know, in marriage, well, you should be changing for that person because you love them. Not to prove it to them. You know, and sometimes we change because we want to prove it to God. I can do it. Let me prove to you that I can be that good Christian. Let me prove to you that I can carry the cross. No, Lord, I love you above all else. And because I love you above all else, I want to be like you. And if that means changing, I want to be like that. But when he said that in the journal, it just went, because I've thought that the Lord just wants to change me and not love me. Because... Because you wanted to change. Yeah, but I'm saying for me, that stood out to me because the Lord just said, I'm not interested in changing her. Like, he's interested in loving her. The the change will take place as as a result of the love. But that's not our thinking. Nope. Our thinking's always the change will bring everything else. And this is what we do with people when they mess up. What do we first want to do? We want to change them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, going back to last week's portal after the fact, we want to teach them in the moment. Right now, let, th- let me teach you something. No. Hit that. Oh, hallelujah. If we just stopped, and I'm preaching to myself, if we just stopped and let compassion come from heaven, because it's a gift, compassion is a gift, well up within us, we might be able to see the way God sees them and then love them, and then the real change could take place. Think about all the times that you changed in your life. Really changed. It was because someone gave up something and loved you to get you to that point. Yeah. It wasn't because of a prove, 
proving point or, you know, or I'm going to do it because, you know, I want to, you know, kind of cheese you off. I mean, people change for that reason. Some people are changing to cheese other people off and that's yeah. why their change isn't permanent. Prove a point. All the time. Prove I, a point. All be, the time. I would be so bold as to say when we were planting this church, the unconditional love that came from, especially Pastor Robin, was just a magnet to people. They felt the love of God unconditionally. We'd often say, just love them in, receive them as they are, and let God bring the change. And that's exactly how, by the grace of God, this church got planted. I know that uh, many who are members now uh, are here because of that, and I pray that's, that's continued, and I believe it has. Yeah. We've had some of the strangest people. Go ahead, press. Come into church from all walks, talks, and feel at home, sinner and saint. And I, I will say my portion is th the reason why the apostles were so uh, magnificently transformed is is they saw Jesus love on people, yep. handle difficult personalities, yeah. yeah. And love on them, and they I know in their hearts they, they were saying to themselves, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. Yeah. He lo because he loves me, I want to be like him. I want to be him to others. Yeah, that's and one of those um, It's steps. the only reason why the apostles were able to, to give their lives so, so easily. They all got martyred. Why? Because they saw their master give his life. They, <laughs> I just want to be like him. Yeah. It's true. And going back to the body, love is what turns it on. Fear is what turns it off. So at the root of everything is either love or fear. Fear, we don't know how powerful that demonic strong man is. You know, fear is so powerful because it goes against our created function. I told you in a couple portals back, you were created to love and you've learnt to fear. So your body responds to love. It yeah. responds to it. It turns on in love. That's why, like, you know, um, you know, when you have a good conversation with someone and you have good fellowship, it does something inside you. A wholeness comes up in you that you don't feel, you know, um, anywhere, or anywhere else. But when we let the fear get in, the fear of not pleasing God, the fear of not pleasing others, you know, just going back to the change thing, um, I, I've really gone to the Lord and said, yeah, wow, I've been thinking that you wanted me to... Um, you wanted to love me because of me changing. I'll love you when you change. You know, change into this and then I'll, and then I'll be proud of you. But um, I'm learning, and again, I learned from my sister's life, the grace. My kids, they love watching Samson, you know, Samson Live. Yeah. It's their favourite thing at the moment. They've literally watched it like ten times in the last two days. She knows and, it um, off by Karen comes into me and she just drops those little all. prophetic gems and she said to me yesterday, she goes, you know what I was thinking for Annie Chrissy? And I was like, um, no, but I'm, I'm listening because I'm learning to listen to you. She goes, just like, Samson, just like Samson's father said, grace is like hair. You can lose it, but it'll always grow back. Wow. And I was like, geez, Karen, thank you for that revelation. And then, wow. and then she said, and then I walked out and Levi was sitting there. And um, he's very, you know, taken, 
taken by the image of Samson. Like, you know, I'm going to be that strong when I get up. Like, you know. But then Karen was sitting there with me and we were listening to the last song that Samson sings after he finally comes to realise that all his life he's wanted freedom. And he's fought, the, he's fought the captivity of God for the freedom of the world. And he sings in the last stanza, he goes, um, Yahweh, uh, sorry, Adonai, you're all I need. Hold me captive and then I'm free. And so that just stuck in me because it's like the, the real change, you know, the real heart transplant that took place. So this is what the Lord's showing me. Change is not the motivating force why God loves us. You know, um, we change as a result of being in love with him. Yeah, as looking in a mirror, there we behold Christ. Um, then we shall be transformed like him. But, um, to his image. Yeah, I'm learning about the patriarchs, like Abraham, you know, all these great patriarchs. They just loved God and they loved his will. They loved his way. They had some rocky moments, but I'd like to just loved come in on some of that and say that you could bring another example and that is uh, Jesus, you know, he had compassion on those he healed. Why did he have compassion? Was it that he was in the state, at that state of reality at that time? No, because he didn't have to experience to have compassion. This is a big lie. What do you think caused him to have compassion? Why don't you guys that are out there now, give me a couple of words. Say what you think it is. I'm asking you because what I'll help you Say to understand. Again. What was that he didn't have to experience to have compassion? What was it that caused him to have compassion? Just write them down. Send them to me. There's never a wrong answer. Write it in the comments. Never one. a wrong answer, people, but there is one a better here. answer. Anybody have an answer? Go ahead. In Write audience. some things down right now. No one has. I'm waiting. No one has an answer. And so uh, while they're writing it down, Nate, please, uh, before we close, start to help us to. You from double mindedness? Yeah. Yeah, dual like heart. How do, how do we? How do we? Receive the healing. We have to wait. And then mm -hmm. minister yeah. the healing. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to... All uh, of this is really laying a seedbed for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just don't do it just yet. Please, unconditional love. Ah, they're right love of his father. Good answers. I'm glad there's no guilt involved <laughs> in it. Good litmus. Glad about this because it does actually show you're getting the answers. Okay. This is like a um, advancing in the prophetic yeah. exam. <laughs> Just want to say something to you. He didn't experience it to get it, but he had a reality of the love of God for us. This is it. That God loved us enough to send him. That's it. 
my father loves you enough to send me for you. So because he loves you that much. That's it. And that's the reality that released his compassion. What my father loves, I love. Oh. You can hit it. We I can do. go home now. We got to come back to talk about the process. Now we're going to come back and talk about the process. So we'll be right back. Don't be dual in heart. That's what it was. And if you are, you'll be single in heart after these messages. <laughs> Hello everyone, great. My name is Tony Cassis and I'd love to invite you to an upcoming uh, summer seminar series uh, that we're going to be holding in New York City entitled um, Spiritual Warfare, The Right to Bear Arms. Now as believers, um, we are called to be the church, we're called to be the bride, we're called to be a witness to the world, but we're also called to be the army and the um, ecclesia of God, the legislative power of the heavens above us, for whom Jesus Christ our Saviour died and provided us with authority. Now the topic of the right to bear arms has been quite controversial in the last few years, especially in the political realm, but it's every believer's right to take up a sword in the spirit and destroy the works of the enemy through the power and the authority of the cross of our Lord Jesus. And so we'll be discussing such things as intercession, we'll discuss uh, the believer's uh, authority as a legislative uh, power, we'll be discussing the demonic and the angelic realms and how they're in constant conflict. And so there's much, much more to share with you. Um, we will be conducting this seminar on Saturday, August the 14th at 5.30pm. That's when registrations will begin at 4.30pm. And so if you're unable to attend in person, I encourage you to watch it online via our live uh, stream at talktv.org. Or you can even play it back on demand at a later date. Each session will be available for viewing on our Talk TV website. Thanks for coming. Looking forward to seeing you there. Right to bear arms. Remember what we said about time. What is time? It's a measuring stick of how much you let Jesus be shown in your life. That's why it's important. <laughs> She's ringing every bell she can. <laughs> Oh dear, tell It's okay, we can start different, we can finish different Yeah, it's we can right. do it so different bit. tonight the gym. I gotta give Pastor, we need to I know that Pastor Tony wants to hear your steps yeah, Yes, so, um, help us please This is the process for the language of the heart Writing truth on the heart So it becomes a single truth And not a dual truth All right, And I think a lot of us probably get to maybe one or two of these steps And then we stop you got to go through all the steps. Yep. So first step is revelation birthed by the Spirit. Is what you're picturing and is what you're focusing your mind's attention on birthed by the Spirit? Yeah. If it's not... In the context of healing? You in mean? the context of everything. Right. Healing, 
like the revelation that the Lord gave me through my journal of how he wants to heal Christy, that's, that's what I'm focused on. Let me just open that mm-hmm. up. See, um, it's he's got to give it to you. Yes. He gives it to you, right? You're not making it up. You're not. You know, it's not like this is my right, calculating something, you know, obligation, whatever. No, when he gives you something, then you work with what he gives you and you work with it. And then, as I said before, you see into it. What is it? Oh, Sissy saying, it's like an open vision. He gives you something. Now he's going to communicate with you about what he's given you. It's a bit like, when you go to sleep and dream, you see things, but, you know, it's a different state. But when the Lord starts to show you, uh, you're double-minded in this. You're dual heart in this. Um, it's not the same pointing the finger and say, therefore you get nothing. He's not saying this is wrong. He's saying, we, we're going to talk about this. And, and with my help, and if you apply my principles in this, your picture will start to grow into something that is different than what your dual heart has. Yep. All right. So it's got to be a revelation that he's given you Yeah. Um, is step one. And then step two is it has to become a personal truth. So step one is revelation birthed by the Spirit. Step two is truth that is not personally acted upon is dead. I'll say that again. Say truth that, one. that is, is that not number two. Number two is personal truth. Personal so truth. truth that is not personally acted upon is dead and worthless. And let me say, James it has it. to be this is faith a, without works is dead. Yeah, but it has to be a personal truth because it can't be another man's truth. It's got to be yours, yours. Your personal truth. And the actuation of this is uh, truth can no longer stay in the realm of thought. It has to move to action. Of course it does. If it just stays in thought. Um, it goes a, nowhere. Yeah, I've got a statement here. Um, the truth of my heart needs to, uh, where is it here? Uh, this is a powerful statement. Um, oh Lord, give it back to me. Hallelujah. I've got so many statements. <laughs> oh, so the, so the, so the, the statements and the and the thoughts of my mind, right, are defenseless against the pictures of my heart. Mm. And we've got to understand that because the mind and the heart will war in this process. Of course, it does war. Yeah. So the mind will take a truth, analyze it, and try to, you know, make it logic, try to and, make it and rational. And it overrides yeah. the heart. It's and always it overrides trying to ride, the truth. override the heart. Of the key revelation, step one, being birthed by the Holy Spirit. In Number the two, personal truth. So when you feel like your mind has got something, this is where the state kicks in, not just the goal, right? The state kicks in. Now I need to let that truth move from just a thought, from just a, a mental image to move me to act upon truth. So God could say, right, I want to touch your heart. I want to change your mouth. Your mouth is full of anger. So now that cannot just be a thought of God wants to touch my mouth and anoint my mouth to be sweet. It has to be moved to action. I need to speak better. So once it moves from that personal truth, 
it moves into the next step, which is present tense truth. Not future tense, present tense. What you're going through now. Yeah. So there is no future in the spirit world, no sense of time. So in my heart, though it may be something that I desire to see happen or fulfilled, for it to be fully realized as truth written upon my heart, it has to be a present tense reality that applies as true to my life for right now. So how do you do this? The Lord says, I want to touch your mouth. I want to give you a sweeter mouth. So he gives you a picture of an example of life right now where you can act upon that truth. So he says to, he says to me, Nathan, the way you speak to your wife isn't sweet. So this is the first area of present reality that we're going to work on. So now it's not a goal. It's a state. See, it's not a goal of, oh, I would like to speak nicer to my wife. And I think that's... I think get, that's you gotta, the, you key, listen guys. For the key, guys. I think the key is you're so goal-oriented. It's going to happen tomorrow. Yeah. It's always going to happen tomorrow. Or it's coming, but it isn't here yet. You know? And, oh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to try that. hard to do this. Yeah. I want to I be better at it. You know what I mean? This is all about goals. Goals. This I mean, is like, not about state of being. Yeah. And... One of the biggest things is facing, facing it. Be a, a grown-up and face in this area. You need to take responsibility for your mouth. So I'm using that example, but here's another yeah, I, example. I use that too. Here's a really big example, right? Here's a really, really key example of present tense reality. It's third step. I said to you on Sunday night, we make the statement, I'm sick. Yeah. Right? Now, in our world, in our reality, that is our situation. We're sick. But in our spiritual body, in fifth dimension, heavenly places, we're not sick. Yeah. So the statement in there, in that realm is, I'm not sick. But if I say that in this realm, it's not truth. Because I am sick. My body presents sickness. It presents infirmity. So how do I communicate that world to this world? I use the verbiage, I'm sick, but I am healed. So now I translate from that reality into this world what I see in that world. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like in yes. the spiritual, my body is not sick. But for that to become a present tense reality, I have to positively affirm that I am healed in this reality so that I can get the two to talk. Does that make sense? That's literally heaven on it's earth. It's collapsing, what it's you see. It's collapsing. It's the fifth dimension wave function collapse. You said something on Sunday... About ah, denial. please hit that one. How, how do you get in denial? It's, it's when you say, I'm well, not sick when you are sick. Because there's two reasons you would say, I'm not sick. There would be denial, yeah. I'm not sick. Or there would be presumptuous faith. Mm. No, I'm not sick. Because by his stripes I'm healed. Yeah, because that's what we say. I'm not sick, by his stripes I'm healed. And we claim the magic that well, comes with it. That's presumptuous, right? That's presumptuous faith. Yeah. But what... The better way would be... I am healed in Jesus' name because by his stripes I am healed. Because now it's becoming a present tense truth. No, that's what I'm saying. You don't say, I'm sick. You, know, you, you say, say I am healed. healed. Like, what did he say to Pastor Robin? He didn't say, get up and walk because you're not lame. He said, get up and walk because, because you've, you've been, been healed. healed. So there, there's, it's, it's a kind of verbiage that's crept into our understanding I, of how I God works. I actually use it a little bit different yeah. so that I could help people understand. Mine usually is uh, have something coming against me because I will take no ownership of it whatsoever. 
you know. And if I do, gee, the Lord hounds me. You know better than this, Robert. This is not yours. I never gave you anything. Why are you taking it? I'll I'll break it down here. I've got here. um, So it has to be step three. It has to be present tense truth. Moving into step four, it has to be positive, affirmed truth. Yeah. Meaning affirmed truth. I'll explain. So, for example, I could say I'm sick. The statement is affirming facts from a kingdom of darkness. Because in the kingdom of darkness, that's That's where sickness comes from. So when I say I'm sick, I'm affirming a kingdom of darkness. So then instead I could say I'm not sick. But that's not affirming. That's actually not my reality. Mm. So that's where my heart now enters into two positions. Either denial, I'm not sick, and I really am. Or presumptuous hyper-faith where, well, I'm not sick. Everything's okay. So this is where it said, this is where positive confession messes a lot of things up. They get you to confess a truth that is not in the affirmative. They get you to use your mind to state a spiritual truth, which you cannot because the reality is only kingdom truth and reality that can apply. What I really need to say is I am healed and I am continually walking in divine health. This now affirms the true kingdom reality, but brings it into present tense activation by my participation and affirmation, right? King David is known for making affirmative statements all throughout the Psalms. He speaks affirmative truth. A few examples from Psalm 3 will get you started. You, O Lord, are a shield about me. The Lord sustains me. You have smitten all my enemies. Now, these weren't actual things that had taken place. All his enemies weren't dead, but he affirmed it as present tense truth. And then going back to now the pictures, okay, Lord, You see me as healed. You see me as forgiven. You see me as accepted. So now you say, I'm accepted. I'm healed. I'm forgiven. And that's where now the present tense affirmation begins to collapse that reality into your vision. So it's a a bit of a process. But yeah, I hope I'm helping people and not confusing them. Is anybody confused? Okay, so the next step, positive affirmation. So I'll, I'll give you Abraham, okay? I'll, I'll sum it up with all these steps. Abraham fulfilled. Yeah, and this is point why, them out. Literally, he got told at 99 years of age, I'm changing your name. And that was literally the change for Abraham. And in one year, one year, they were with child. But the key to this We don't is, understand how powerful that is. The key to this is that he was Abraham. Exalted Father, that's what it means. And then when the Lord changed his name to Abraham. So every single day, put your hand out. Hi, my name's Abraham. He affirmed truth. Every day. And he made others affirm it. Oh, you're Abraham? Really? You you're a father that, of many nations? Yeah, Look, do you know no what Abraham means? It means father of, gen, of, of many nations. Yes, I am Abraham. Do you understand? And so that could have been, you know, foolish, mm-hmm. but it didn't matter. This is where the hyperfaith movement mixes it up because they get you to confess it, confess it, confess it, and they get you to confess. Um, they don't get you to confess from a, from a place of bringing a present tense reality. They get you to confess out of a goal, and then with their confession, they don't attach pictures. Because God moves in pictures. So this yeah. is the next step. And, it, and Pastor, when he said that, 
when he said, hi, my name's Abraham, he was confessing. It didn't matter what anyone else said. He was confessing, I'm a father of many nations. He got the reality. So step four is positive affirmation. As we thank God for the promise and the miracle that is already provided, we open the door for it to be realized. Mark eleven twenty two to 24 instructs us to pray, asking, believing, and speaking that it is done. Funny enough, when Jesus says, I've quoted this verse thousands of times, and then only today, literally when I was this week, did I get the actual rima, right? He says, if any of you say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and believes in his heart, right? Then it shall be done for him. For I say to you, whenever you pray, here's the key, not just believe, Believe that you have received it. Because I always say to the Lord, well, what do you want me to believe in? Believe that you have received it, and then it shall be done according to what you've asked. So this is the key. So believing that you have received it, present tense positive affirmation of truth. Yes, Lord, I believe that I have received your healing in this area. Yes, Lord, I believe. Now that opens the door for the next step, which is truth that is visually seen. Now God uses that door to start giving you pictures to back up what you're affirming. So he says, the eyes of my heart become enlightened. The Holy Spirit now gives me his pictures and these pictures begin to write his truth upon my heart. The real healing takes place when my pictures begin to be replaced with his. And literally, inner healing is just when all your pictures have been emptied out and emptied God's pictures God's have been given, you, pictures. given to you. And this is what is the people ask, what is the number one cause of stopping inner healing? It's double mindedness. Yeah. It's, it's not sickness. Whoa, what? It's because you keep going back to a picture Whoa. that yeah. doesn't line up with his reality. Yeah. And, and just by the way, uh, let me just straighten that out. This is not positive confession. This is reality. And I'm going to show you through Abraham. <laughs> I'm going to walk through because I had to write uh, I, I don't how Abraham think there's it. one single statement in the Bible that comes under the heading of positive confession. Nope. Not one single. But it, there's... All statements come on to, to reality, confession. So the next step, after it's truth visually seen, the pictures have been exchanged, here's where the free indeeds comes in. Now it can't just remain at pictures. So it has to now be emotionally felt. Those yeah. pictures have to move me to a response of feeling what God is showing me in my picture. Mm. And if I don't let that feeling come forward, I cut short. The process the of process. healing and truth being written upon my heart. And this is where the seeds that fell on, you know, the rocky soil. This yeah. is where the enemy comes in and he says, ah, you didn't let that truth go to feeling it. You only saw it. You only spoke it, but you never felt it. And the so birds it's not came been built on good it. soil. So what does he do? He comes and he takes it because it. Yeah. it hasn't gone through the whole process. This yeah, is really powerful right. stuff. It is. It is. And this, this is all in. Um, <laughs> this is all in abiding in Christ. These are the teachings of abiding in Christ. But now it's becoming a reality yeah, to you. It's the depth of it. This is not theory anymore. This yeah. is reality now. Absolute reality. So, and because um, so everybody here is writing notes, <laughs> yeah. in my course, we're literally going to go through 
every step week by this is what I'm doing right now, going through every step week by week. And then we have work homework at the end where we literally have to write down the pictures when I say certain words that come to mind. Because a lot of us, believe it or not, and I've done this myself, we've just settled for one overall picture of what yep. God gives us. Yep. We don't have individual pictures for individual circumstances or feelings or healings in our life. Like if I said to you, what is God's picture of you to heal you from rejection? Yeah. Can you give me a physical picture in your head? Can you give me a scene of the Lord doing it? Can you give me a scene of God yep. taking away a stone, a stony heart and giving you yeah. a heart of flesh? Mm. Or is it just a confession still? See, mm. it's a confession. It hasn't moved to truth that is visually seen. Because yeah. truth that is visually seen moves to truth that is acted out. This this is doors to the, so to the spiritual world. So powerful. You can't do this in One the natural. Step. This is doors to the spiritual realm. Yeah. And that then collapses into the natural. So the pictures that I see emotionally felt um, is six, step six not only move me to visualize truth, but now faith, hope stirs through kingdom emotion, which causes me to act out the truth that I'm experiencing. I get so much faith from seeing what God wants to do. So now it causes me it to stir up you. an emotion yeah. of faith, hope, love, peace, joy, joy being my strength. And I act that out. I emote that out. This is how kingdom emotions are so powerful. Yeah. That's why God wants you to feel, not just see or speak, but feel it. And last but not least, constant meditation and pondering. This is something I'm learning. You can actually increase yeah. a reality by adding other pictures to oh, what God has shown there you. There you go. So sometimes we stop at one picture. But if I want to picture the Lord's goodness, I can add more pictures to that and increase that emotion. And here's constant another meditation. key. Positive confession. Let's show the difference. Uh, works in that you can start visualizing and seeing things, but you got to keep working at it. You really got to keep working at it, and uh, you're trying to bring into that one picture more positive confession, yes. more positive yes. confession. What you're talking about is one picture, and then bringing a whole different picture into that picture. Yeah, like the Lord says, I'm faithful. And you get that picture of his faithfulness. And then he says, let me show you another picture of how I've been faithful and how, how I'm I've going faithful to be faithful to and how I am faithful. So you energize that with more pictures. And this is where the biggest attack of double-mindedness comes in our lives. Mm. Not at any other stage. And you've got to really go back and think about when you've got double-minded. It's when truth, you felt it, maybe you've seen it, and the enemy comes with that little lie. Did God say... And the, and the fear yeah. of missing God. Yep. Wow. So it says here, now that truth has been, been seen, there, been felt, written yeah. on my heart, I ponder on it and on it alone. Here's the key. I ponder on nothing else. Yeah. I don't ponder on facts. I don't ponder on what people say. Mary I ponder on what heart. God has said and God has said alone. And then it says, this means that I don't jump into double-minded thinking, jumping in and out of pondering. Mm. Double-minded is literally the, the, the definition. This is what they say in the course, and it blew my mind. And in my Double-mindedness is when you jump in and out of yep. what God is showing you. In and out, all the time. Two realities, your reality and his reality. That's what it is. And when you're meditating upon the, the word of God, the truth of God, whether it's healing, you know, change, transformation, and you jump in and out, 
that's when the enemy comes and he robs from you all of the all of the Holy Spirit's groundwork that he's done in all the other steps. Yeah. So to sum it up, I'm going to read this little paragraph. Go back over those okay, steps I'll go again through it. for people. It please. says here, discuss Abraham as a model of using the language of the heart and the seven steps to increase faith and release a miracle. Mm. Okay? Abraham heard the voice of God speak to him and call him. So firstly, step one, he received a revelation from the Spirit of God, not from himself. Next, it became personal to him because when God changed his name, he acted upon the change and began to call himself by the name that the Lord had given him. Every day, every minute, Even every hour. Even though his new name didn't align with his current circumstance, he kept affirming it as present tense truth for his now time period. He would meet people and say, hi, I'm Abraham. Yep. Some people would laugh at him, but it didn't matter. And he didn't, he didn't jump in and out of it. it. And guess what? It didn't matter. This is his name. That's what he was introduced himself as, and that's what he was called all the time. And believe it or not, same, the people begin to get it. Yeah. And, and call, call him, him Abraham. Abraham. And they didn't realise what they were doing. Do you understand? A simple action like that was he was actually releasing more and more faith because when he said, hey, my name's Abraham. First they laughed, but after a while they didn't laugh yeah, anymore. They said, right. oh, go to Abraham's house. Yeah. So after that, even though his new name didn't align with his current circumstance, he kept affirming it as present tense truth for his now time period. It wasn't a goal or a future hope. He spoke it as present tense truth. Furthermore, he energized this truth with the picture that God had revealed to him. The mm. Lord had given him a visual to ponder on and see so that his image produced the emotional response of faith, hope, stars. and love. So he remembered the stars. And, the and every time he remembered grand, the stars, grains of sand. emotionally felt faith to believe the promise of God would stir up within him. Mm. Now, that, now that a mood from being emotionally felt to acted upon. So whenever he would see the stars, he would be reminded of the promise of God which stirred faith to believe. This then led him to act it out through obedience by again reaffirming the truth that God had written on his heart. He acted on his obedience by calling himself the name God called him and even told others to call him by that name. He spoke it out, told others not that he was going to be a father of many nations, but I am a father of many nations. And by the way, just to let you know, the character of God will never give you something to believe that's easy for you to believe. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Never. Because then it's, it's not, not nope. his... There's no glory for it. No, and it's, it's, it's not faith. And there's no wow for you. Yeah. No. Okay, and then lastly... It has to be impossible. Then lastly, um, it says Hit that he one. Has to be impossible, Pastor, because that's his character. Yeah. The impossible. Yeah. Not the possible. We don't know God as the possible. Mm. We only know him as the impossible. Yeah, so true. Then he says here, um, then, I, then I've got he, right. he, he spoke Hit it out that. and told others, not that he was going to be a father of many nations, but according to his name, he was, being a key word, a father of many nations. Finally, he kept pondering this reality over and over, and within a year, the promise was fulfilled. Yeah, yeah. He didn't jump in and out of a dual heart or double mind. 
He pondered only what God had said to him was to be his reality, and he used the faculties of his imagination to form and construct the reality as his reality. And I want to bring another point, and that is, hit that one. I want to bring another point, and the other point is he believed it so much so that he tried to help God. Yes, this is the problem. Do you he know that? He believed it. <laughs> He was not going to let that time go. He believed it. Now, I don't agree with what he did, but he believed it so much so he wanted to help God. Yeah, he did. He threw his good ideas and his schemes and, you know. And maybe, maybe Ishmael can be, be the promised child. Maybe, maybe Ishmael could yeah. be that one. And maybe that's the way I'm going to get that promised child. And And... Uh, man, when you think of it, you could think that that's negative, but in a way, Pastor, his faith went to that level. It went to that level. Now, I wouldn't suggest people do that because you just buy, you know, you birth an Ishmael, but you have to see in that the lesson and the love that came forward. He believed his, his God that much. You know, Pastor, the culture of the day, I've taught this. Yep. The culture of the day when he was back in his father's house, he did not know God. Mm. He did not. Yeah. God introduced himself to yeah. Abram. Well, his name Abram actually means I'm exalted because of my father. That's right. Not exalted, exalted father. father I, I'm accent. exalted because yes. of my father. So yeah. it's literally a name that puts him under the ownership of, of his, his father. dad. And so the, the culture was that his dad's religion was the one the whole house took. Yeah. And so he did. But when he met our father, his father, his real father, he went on the journey. Do you understand? So he didn't have years and years of personal understanding when it started. Mm. Wow. He so did good. not because of the culture of the day. You see, and God got him out of that house so that he would know a true, his true father. Yeah. But his father came along and wanted to be on the journey because he didn't want the embarrassment of the house being known that he was, they weren't following his father's God. But, of course, he had to die off so God continued the journey with Abraham. Mm. So yeah. to, to sum it up, I think people should take those steps, go back and find out where the truth, what level they're at with the truth that God is writing. Some truths will be at level one yeah. where they, they're, they're not even yet confirmed in them that it's actually birthed by the Spirit. Wow. And they're trying to believe it and they don't even know that God's birthed it. Mm. Yeah. Right? Then some truths truce will be at like level four where it might be like, you know, positive affirmation. Some might be at level six where now it needs to move to being emotionally felt. Mm -hmm. This is how God is unique to each person and each truth has a unique step. Don't sum it all up in one thing. Yeah. But I finished with this statement. What is faith? Faith is God's clear intention, what I said at the start, mm -hmm. to perform a miracle revealed to us. So when he says, right, I'm going to perform a miracle and he reveals that to us and then we believe his intention. This is what I have to get. 
This is what we all have to get. It's not our intention yeah. to perform the miracle. It's his intention, intention to perform the miracle. And because he intends to do it, therefore we believe it because he's faithful to his promise. Because we can't believe in our intention. No, not at all. We're too fickle. We yeah. go up and down, in and out, you know. And this is what and will forward. keep you in a constant state if you remember faith starts with God, not with you. When faith starts with you, it's a goal. Mm. If it starts with God, it's a state. Because it's his clear intention to perform it and it'll be his clear intention every step of the way. And it won't be any Ishmael of yours to do it. But those steps are really important because I went through for my homework and I literally looked, okay, where's that truth at? Yep, that's not yet reached that point. Yep, even about my sister, I went through this, okay, Lord, you, you told me you want to heal Christy. Well, it's got to be revelation birthed by your spirit first and foremost. Yeah. And he began to speak to me and now it's moving into the next phase. Mm. So I hope that helps everyone. Well, it's with yes. our appetite. Can't wait for that seminar. It's a lot. That's what you have to talk. I know. We're trying to fit this in in 15 minutes. No, 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 it's no, too no, much. no, no, no. It's, it's definitely it's too So much. just it's quickly seminar. give the steps because some people on sure. here are saying, just give me the steps again. Okay, please. so step Pasta. one is. No step cliff one. notes. You got to go through the entire process. Step one is revelation birthed by portals. the Spirit. Revelation okay. by the Spirit, sorry. Then that moves you to become a personal truth, meaning truth that is acted upon. Right. right? Doesn't just stay in thought, moves to action. Okay, next right one. Now that action causes you to confess it and affirm it as present tense truth. Yes. So that means it has to be relevant for your situation now, okay. not for tomorrow. Next, next step, one. now positive affirmation. You positively affirm what God has revealed to you in the present tense. It's or, the, what is revealed to you yes. is the key. What is revealed to you, not what you think. Mm, Number right. five, truth visually seen. Or not what you want. Yes. The affirmation now leads you to seeing the picture of what is revealed. Number six, emotionally felt. Not only do you see it, the picture leads you to feel it, and the feeling leads you to respond to it. And pastor. And last but not least, meditation and constant pondering. And, and pondering. Yep. But, you know, positive confession comes straight away, the emotion. Yes. That's what positive confession does. It stirs emotion. This doesn't. It fits in place. You said step for the emotion. Number six, emotionally We've got felt. six steps to come to the emotion. With positive confession, it's say it and then feel it. There's the difference. And I believe that, to finish off, I believe that the, the woman with the issue of blood, all these people mm. like that had the faith that God was pleased with, I believe that they went through all these steps. They got a picture of what their healing looked like. They got an emotion of what that picture gave them. And then they acted and responded. And they meditated on it. They thought, I'm getting my healing and I'm getting it no matter what. I'm getting to this man and nothing and no one's going to stop Well, the me. guy went and washed himself. Yeah. He didn't think it was going to be like they that. They didn't let the disciples stop them. They didn't let no one stop them. Go go wash the mud out of your eyes. Yep. Right? And uh, the woman, she crawled. She crawled through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. Yep. 
I mean, even the centurion, like he, he said, yeah, just I, say the I, word. Just say the word, you know, just say it here, and I know it, my daughter will be healed there. You know, do you understand? What? All that. Each of those steps. Each, in, in, our, in a sort of way they did. Yeah. They mightn't have gone so much in detail because these are principles of the kingdom of mm. God. These are biblical principles. But I believe they did because in the process of the head, that person would have thought it, the Lord would reveal okay, it to it, and then he saying. would have moved it to a picture. The picture would have moved to, yeah, I want her to be healed now. I'm not waiting for her to be healed tomorrow. In, in He's this heal situation, there became a state of being. The state of being can sometimes bring you quickly through those ste those steps. I'm not saying Very each step has quickly. to take six months. You don't know that the timing is up to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I'm just don't saying worry, the reality so of it, the state of being, the state of reality, being in that position, can bring you through to those steps very quickly. Because when you've got nothing and then God gives you something, then you're going to move very quickly through those steps. Well, Abraham was 99 yeah. when he began these steps. You hit that one. Mm. And in a year, he had a child. There you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> we are questions. Here we go. We We're going to sign questions. out to Spotify, our Spotify yeah. listeners. You have a lot to chew on. Yes, you have a lot to chew on, as Pastor Nick has already said, because this one it can last you for a while, and um, hopefully you are encouraged after listening to this portal. And I don't have any final words for you <laughs> other than let it bless you. May God bless you. And amen. So until next time, bye-bye now. So. Well, hello, everyone. Pastor Nate here again. And I have a very special person sitting next to me. It's the one, the only, Dr. Robin Cassis. And she's actually here to talk to us about her upcoming seminar, the Soap Summer Seminar Series. The last one, actually, to kick us back into the fall, called Ezekiel 37 Spare Parts. Would you let the people know, Dr. Robin, what this means to you and what you're going to be sharing in this seminar? Well, Ezekiel 37 is a, a prophetic process. And most people don't understand the process that comes out of Ezekiel 37. There are different steps in it that's very, very important because these spare parts that get put together and make up the body, it makes the body ready for the, the army of the Lord. Mm. Now, we've all tried to be the army of the Lord. Mm. But there's a time mm. and a place for that very thing. And that's why Ezekiel 37 is so important to, uh, you know, the prophetic process. There has to be a prophetic process that brings you in to being the army of the Lord. Wow, that deserves the gem. <laughs> And so would you encourage those that have maybe already been to the Fragmented Soul seminar to still come and, you know, sit through this as it would always well, it's be expanding? Well, different teaching. Yeah, and I, I believe that from what you said before, it's also going to be sharing how that prophetic process applies to recovering all of your soul and, yeah. you know, the actuation yeah. of that. 
Well, one of the things is it deals with dead works. Ooh. Very, very much so. We need to shake those dead works off. Wow. I guess because we can't be an army until all our dead works are gone. That's right. Just a little taste that, um, you know, Ezekiel 37 is all about like uh, a cemetery, you know, Mm. where where there are bodies that Mm. are dead Mm. and they're lying around and they're like bones Mm -hmm. everywhere, you know. And so uh, when a bone has to find its bones, it has to shake off the dust oh. of dead works. Oh, well, there you have it. There's a trailer, a teaser for what's going to come in this seminar. So I would encourage you, like I always do, join us, be a part of this. Soap's mission is to equip and mature. And I believe that this will cap off all the seminars this summer that have equipped and mature. Uh, you can join us, sun, uh, sorry, Saturday, September 18th, again at 5.30 p.m. for the seminar. Registration will begin at 4.30. Also, if you're unable to attend in person, the sessions will be available live via Talk TV, or you can even watch it back later on demand at a later date. All of the sessions will be available for viewing on Talk TV. And uh, Dr. Robin, what would you say as the last word to encourage people to come to this seminar? Well... I would say that uh, when you come, I mean, I think you should come, but when you do come, you will understand and learn that the prophetic process is important for you to understand the strength and the journey of your prophecies. So it would be really important. Prophecy has a process. And we need to learn what we need to add, what we need to take away. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, guys. For more information, please go to talk.org or even soapny.org and all the information will be listed there. We look forward to seeing you there. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Portals Podcast. We hope you were encouraged, uplifted, and challenged to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. To get the latest episode, don't forget to subscribe to The Portals Podcast either via iTunes, Spotify, Anchor, or your talk app. Why don't you go ahead and share this with someone that you know needs to hear these life-changing truths that were revealed today. Or you can even tell us how it affected you by leaving us a comment or a review. We look forward to being with you again shortly. Until next time, God bless.